Cook's house. The Houston Cougars were once told that the ship had sailed on 2024 high school recruiting, but after signing day Wednesday, it sure feels like there's a lot of room left on the bandwagon as we're leaving the station. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach Parker Andrew. I'm going to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater, give me some time. Please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can listen to the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. Appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. It is so, so good to see you again. Yes, after a busy signing day, we're just now getting a signing day episode out about the recruiting class thus far for 2024. My apologies for being as late as it is, but I hope you enjoyed talking about an exciting group of kids. Now, as this is the football episode, there's also a basketball episode out today. Yes, there are two episodes out today. Trust me, we'll listen to both. If this is your second listen, thank you. If this is your first listen, thank you. If this is whatever listen, make sure you subscribe, like, comment to let us know that you are in the contest we're doing on YouTube for every 250 subscribers. The next one of those is at 2,000. Uh, 2, so hit subscribe, help us get there. Like and comment on the video, let us know you're in it. If you don't know what to say, Tell us what's on your Santa wish list. All right. Now, as we sit here looking at the 2024 class, let's first open up talking about the 2024 class of Houston Cougar football players that is not quite done, but certainly off to a incredible start given all of the things potentially in the way. The second thing we're going to do is look at the biggest couple of names in that class, the highest profile recruits in that class. And then last, we're going to show love to the big men because – if you listen to the show often enough, you know I love talking about Lyman playing football, but also uh, it was a big need for Houston, and we saw some big names pop up for the Cougs. All right, now I want to start off, I guess let's just jump on in by talking about this class. Um, Houston, on Tuesday, on Wednesday alone, December 20th, the first day kids were eligible to sign for the 2024 class, signed 15 high school football players and nine different transfers now it's important to note because about a month ago houston had just eight commits in the class the eight commits were high school kids and we were told on public radio by the head football coach at the time old regime no need to dwell on it that the ship had sailed on high school recruiting that was all the 2024 kids were going to get uh that there were things that they were excited about in the program um, but honestly, they need to keep building those kinds of things to bring in more kids. Well, again, fast forward, new regime, new people in charge, and a whole different outlook. Now, more on that in a second, but as far as the, like, I don't know, way the class is constructed, it's got 15 high school kids, nine transfers. The 15 high school kids, five are from the greater Houston area. Uh, two are also from other parts of Texas. You got two Missouri kids, two Alabama kids, two Louisiana kids, a uh, Cali kid and a Georgia kid. Pretty well-rounded group outside of that. Um, and then in the, in the transfer group, you got uh, two coming from Power 5 schools, seven going from Group of 5 schools. Um, I think that's important and impressive because the Group of 5 schools aren't – it's not a lot of like 
fallback heat kind of things. It's guys moving up north that have proven themselves from group of five and want a shot at playing power five football by and large. Now, I don't say that to say that the two power five guys are coming back. The guys who got in previous classes are like falling back necessarily. But you see that sometimes in this transfer portal world where people do fall back. That's not who we've got here. We've got guys moving up in the world in our transfer portal. I look at the class as a whole. I think of it as like a very foundational strong first class. The kind of first class that, frankly, if you told me that Fritz had had a long time to work on it, I'd have been pretty okay with. Then you factor in that Fritz was uh, introduced to the public as the head football coach of the University of Houston on December 4th, and 16 days later, by signing day on December 20th, he had grown the class from 8 to 24. Now, admittedly, of those initial eight, he did actually lose two. So he had to kind of go get a few more. So really, from some ways, from six to 24 recruits in just 16 days. He took the class from being the 103rd ranked in composite rankings based on stars and numbers and those kind of things into the top 60, right? He kept 68 recruits. He kept some of the highest profile guys. He added some high profile guys. He really did right the ship. No pun intended there. He did right the ship of Houston Cougar football recruiting in 2024. Um, I look at this, though, as the foundation. And we'll talk about, about the lineman at the end, but 12 of the 24 cats play on the offensive or defensive lines. Um, admittedly, we know Sackad was strong last season, but on the whole, the biggest jump from Houston being a good American team, or in 2021, a really good American team, to being a good Big 12 team, or in hopefully very soon a very, very good Big 12 team, is going to be depth and improved play in the trenches. I think about the coaching staff to do it with Iman Yagavi and Brian Early. We're adding uh, talented young kids. Yes, we're losing some in the transfer. Yes, we're losing some to graduation. Da, 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 da. However, I think the biggest thing is to bolster the numbers there. Last year's team got really young, really fast in the trenches, especially in the offensive line, right? Yes, they had five guys with a lot of experience. But after that, you started going to freshmen and sophomores really quickly. And frankly, or, or guys with no power, with no like big time football experience, had a whole bunch of starts or whatever. And frankly, I would almost argue that that lack of like depth of guys with real playing experience kind of plays a role in how those guys perform because there's not like a whole lot of pressure behind them in the same kind of way like guys competing for jobs are. Now, this big signing class, we'll talk more about the line in the last segment, doesn't necessarily fix that problem in the immediate future. Uh, it doesn't necessarily like fix that problem today for the 2024 season. But projecting forward, you have this class plus like Pancake Hunter's a young guy, right? You got like the way this thing can build forward and very quickly have that kind of competition in a 2025 season because these guys have got a couple of years in the weight room, right? That is a really exciting prospect. Um, the other thing I think is interesting in looking at this is Willie Fritz said in his introductory press conference, I'm going to focus on Texas, right? That is evident. Four of the nine transfers from Texas, seven of the 15 high school kids from Texas, Texas, right? Never mind the fact that five of the 15 high school kids from Houston and three of the nine transfers originally grew up in Houston, right? Uh, from as far as like went to Houston high schools, right? Like that's a big, big deal. And I think what's interesting there is like you're already seeing the plan getting executed, right? 
for whatever you want to say about execution in the last guy, this guy had a plan on December 4th, but December 20th, you were at least seeing the things he said that were going to get done, getting done. It's crazy how that works. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, I like, obviously, as the University of Houston pulling in a bunch of Houston kids, you'd think there'd be some natural pull there to play for the city you grew up in. Obviously, wearing Houston across your chest would be a like big deal to a lot of people. We'll talk more about Mo Williams in a second and the big name section. But that certainly was a big deal for, uh, in looking at it for him, right? Uh, a Shadow Creek kid, right, that – he, I think he posted a picture on Twitter of him playing for a Houston Cougar Youth League team, right? Uh, and this guy, like, had committed to LSU and then had this, like, power five chance to stay home and play for the University of Houston, uh, getting to build on those kinds of things. I and mean, Willie Fritz said he wanted to do, and now we're seeing it done. And I, I understand that he's only had 16 days. I understand this first class is maybe not even the fairest way to judge what the recruiting will look like under Willie Fritz and staff, but it's a really, really impressive first look as they're adding guys to their team. And if you're looking to add guys to your team or add players that make an impact to your team, well, then of course, you know that you got to go do it at fanduel.com slash locked on college. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible. That's why I have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs is the, all the tools to help you find the right professional for your team faster and for free. You can add four- and five-star caliber guys. You can find them at LinkedIn. LinkedIn is not just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said I want to spend some time talking about the big names here. And I think that, honestly, we need to start with um, kind of the guy that, frankly, uh, you know, this time six months ago, wasn't coming to Houston. Um, the guy that... This time, was it even four months ago, maybe? Um, that, you know, kind of really show showed the fans, showed the fans, shine light on for the fans, how like, oh, there is still this desire for kids from Houston, high-end prospects from Houston to play for the University of Houston. And that's Mo Williams. Now, Mo Williams uh, is a safety. He's listed at 5'11 and change, about a six-foot-tall, 180, 185 guy. Um, four star across most recruit cycles. Um, I have him down based on looking at grades as the sixth highest looking at like overall composite grades, sixth highest graded recruit in University of Houston history. Now, obviously, that 
only extends to as far back as they've been grading recruits, but that's pretty impressive. When you think about like, the kinds of names like the Ed Oliver of the world that have come through the University of Houston. Um, he was originally committed to LSU, originally committed to LSU, SEC program. They see Houston as their backyard. They pill for a lot of kids, right? Um, and ultimately, it sounds like playing with Zion Taylor's teammate um, at Shadow Creek High School is kind of what drove him to ultimately pick going to the University of Houston. Uh, Zion committed to Houston. He said, hey, we need to represent for the city. Um, and Mo has said as much that playing for the city of Houston ended up being kind of the deciding factor. That's why he committed to the University of Houston under Dana Holgerson and was not shaken by the whole thing switching over the Willie Fritz era, right? That didn't bother him at all. He's graduating early. He'll be on campus this January, start working out. He'll be involved in spring ball. He's an exciting safety to watch. Now, how he and A.J. Halsey will fit in together will probably also be some based on how the defense works in that 3-4 scheme this summer, this spring, I should say summer, this spring. Um, but one thing I feel very, very confident in watching high school film on Mo Williams is he's going to come in. He's going to be a high energy, high motor guy, right? Um, he's going to go out. He goes out and makes things happen. Like the kind of safety that fills in the run, the kind of safety that takes someone's head off across the, the kind of safety that just, when it's time to make a play, a timely thing needs to happen. A, a, a turnover forced or an incomplete on a crucial drive or got to get the field in a third down stop. Right. Those kinds of plays are the plays that Mo Williams just has this timeliness to create. He makes them happen. And I'm excited to have him make them happen in Houston. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, like, I was trying to think of, like, the honestly, like, high motor and energy and, like, speed, like, those kind of things that come on. I think of, like, the most, like, significant attribute, but really there's none of those that tie to like just making plays. I don't know how else to describe that. That's the thing he does best. Right. Um, and so I'm excited to see him come to Houston and do that. Uh, going to be an awesome addition to Willie Fritz, Willie Fritz program. And I'm excited to get he, his entire college career under this regime. Right. Cause we've seen the development that they've done at the two lanes of war with the two star kids, the, the, the turn those kids into pros, what are they going to do with a kid that's already slot as a high-end four-star kid, right? Like, what are they going to do? Oh, my God. Now, he's not the only flip that came to Houston in this recruit cycle. Uh, the more recent flip is Kobe Young. Now, Kobe Young chose Houston on signing day. Um, I think the thing that was notable to most people were that the other hats on the team, he did the deal where he picked the hat, right? The five hats are out. He's doing what am I going to pick? And put on the Houston Cougar football hat, right? Um, and... What was interesting was on the table was Oklahoma, LSU, Alabama, and UT Austin. And amongst those other schools, Kobe Young picked the Houston hat. Now, he is a, a 6'1", buck 75 receiver from New Orleans. Didn't have the same Houstonian connection that Mo Williams has, obviously, but had some ties to Fritz and what, like, got connected with that staff, really enjoyed them. He's also Fritz worth a lot like Mo Williams in the top, since that he's a top 15 recruit to come through the University of Houston all-time based on their composite rankings. Um, he, he was originally committed to Georgia Tech. And with all the things turning over across college football, decommitted from Georgia Tech relatively recently, actually. Um, and flips to Houston, again, in the mix with other 
high-end brands, LSU, Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, Houston gets picked out of that group from a receiver. And I understand we have a lot of talented receivers. We're bringing back Manjack, bringing back Sam Brown. Uh, best of my knowledge, those guys are still coming back, right? You've got all of the 2022 class, MHP, uh, you know, Jonah Wilson, right? Those guys are already receivers in the room. But adding Kobe is adding more depth to that group. And frankly, in culture setting, right, like a fresh face that is talented in that group. I'm not saying there's any bad habits in that room. Obviously, I think very highly of Dekeel Schwartz, that wide receiver coach from before. But I do think, like, as Fritz is bringing in his guys, I'm going to trust his judgment on who he wants to add to the most talented room, certainly on the offense side of the football. Uh, as far as what he does well, Kobe Young is a 6'1", 175. Um, I wouldn't call him a speed burner, but he's a long strider. So when it's just like a fade route or a go route, he eats up grass really, really well, especially for guys six foot one. I don't think that he has those wide, those long strides, right? Big, big stepper, but also, you know, throttles down and chops his feet really well into footwork kind of stuff. Um, I wouldn't call him fast, twitchy like your classic slot receiver, but I would say he's got better footwork than your typical like put him outside and let him go and fade routes all day kind of receiver. So I don't know where Barbe will use him on offense. I do think because of his like deceptive quickness, effective speed, deceptive speed really with those long strides. I wonder if you see him in some of that motion-y kind of stuff that Barbe likes to do with the orbits and those kinds of things. Um, I could also see, frankly, though, using a different talented wide receiver to do that and letting him poof, run the fade balls kind of things because he does have the ability to go up and get it. Um, I like watching Kobe Young's film a lot was you know I, I didn't know to watch it until very recently so one of the reasons this thing is getting out was there's a couple guys like that I was like I, I gotta go find some film on this guy i gotta figure out what i'm watching um kobe's really really talented nice to have a new orleans guy coming this way and frankly nice to be flipping i guess he was originally an acc commit but it feels like we stole him out of the sec as well pulled him this way big big get for houston before moving to the third segment top of the lineman um Another big name and big person, so we'll kind of fit into both segments to talk about, Xavier Stillman. Um, he was the highest-ranked offensive lineman in this class and the last to formally commit on signing day. Um, he's originally a JUCO guy, uh, started off he's a, from the state of Kansas, then state of Missouri, ends up in the University of Houston. Uh, JUCO is along the way. Um, like many transfers coming in, like a lot of the guys in those nine transfers we talked about at the open, his grade between being a high school recruit and being a college recruit after the junior college process or you know, transfer portal guy, all those transfer guys, his grade went up a lot, meaning he went from like a low-level two-star, no-star kind of guy to like, oh, this guy can really go. He's like a high-end three-star. And that big jump frankly has me excited because it demonstrates like a level of dominance once like the competition ramped up once more eyes got on him once more people were diagnosing his tape and much more people were breaking him down i will totally and openly and honestly admit it is really as someone who's been looking for it, it is really hard to find like game tape on xavier because of the small junior college type stuff but his highlight film obviously everyone's gonna put together a good highlight film his highlight film is stupendous right so it's not like it's a short, like three clip highlight film either. I don't mean to say that it, it's like just a highlight or whatever, but highlight films can be like deceptive because obviously everyone's going to put together a good highlight film. He's got a lengthy one, it's got good stuff in it. Um, has an office alignment, but he can fill in at some right tackle y kind of stuff. 
um, before I try him out. So we'll see where Iman Yagavi puts him. Um, but I, I just I hadn't gotten to see a game one. So I, I said all to preface, like, they're high on him. That makes me high on him. His highlights are good. I just haven't seen the full game, and I'm going to trust some on that. Now, I want to talk so – that sounds like a gamble. I want to talk some about if you're a, you know, a person who likes to put some down, where to put that down. And that would obviously be with our buddies at Fandom because right now the weather's getting a little colder. It's Christmas time, Fritzmas time outside, you will. And the NFL offers are managing to stay hot at Fandom because right now new customers get a $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bets. 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than this weekend where the Houston Texans as a two-and-a-half-point dog at home to the Cleveland Browns? Come on, man. It's our Texans. Now, I will say uh, the money line that you get the $150 bonus bets back if you win is at plus 120 for Houston right now at FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season today. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. I think the interesting thing here is to look at the way the linemen filled out this latter half, the last part of this recruiting cycle, because frankly, you know, for whatever you want to blame on the Brian Early saga, right? Um, Brian Early was not going to be retained and then was retained, and that led to a handful of defensive linemen jumping in the portal, and that probably is one, you know, I don't know that Chidozier.Nawanko leaves if Brian Early is never not retained, right? He goes in the portal, he gets some whispers, he hears about the money and NIL, different programs, he ends up going to Colorado, right? Right now, it sounds like we're working on bringing Jamari back, but Jamari Caldwell is kind of the same boat. If we never didn't retain Brian Early, I doubt he'd have been in the portal. Very loyal guy. Frankly, on top of being a stupendous football player, Jamari Caldwell is a very good person and very loyal to a guy like Brian Early that saw something in him early, no pun intended. And so, frankly, we never let go of Brian Early. I bet that Jamari would have not been in the transfer portal. He's been in the transfer portal. He's heard a lot of Dollar amounts out there in NIL money. It's hard. I can never fault a kid for taking down a good dollar amount deal. I'm just not going to be the guy that does that. And so that's where we're kind of like recruit him back. But before we even get to that, there are so many great linemen in this class as it stands, right? Houston's done a great job of filling in on the trenches. What I really like to, you know, I'm not a big interior offensive line guy as far as my recruitment strategy would be. I'd say go get tackles, find tackles, make them whatever you want to make them once you get them on campus. But tackles, especially at the high school level, tend to be just the most athletic linemen. Are we playing left tackle? If they got two athletic linemen, there'll be one at left and one at right. And then if they come to your program and it's like, okay, he's really more of a guard for us, more of a center for us or whatever, then you figure it out. That's typically how I go about things. But I was able to find some stuff on the three interior offensive linemen that are coming out of high school to the University of Houston. And I have to say, they move incredibly well for interior offensive linemen, right? You don't, you know, what's the old saying? I heard uh, Mike Golick say one time, it's like, 
You hear of people moving to guard from tackle to guard. You never hear of people moving from guard to tackle. I almost wonder if some of these guys could have been moved in high school from guard to tackle, but that's not my job to do. Obviously, like Snacks is from a very good high school program coming to Snacks McLean. And so, like, he's been playing interior offensive line for his entire high school career, but he's going to be playing on interior offensive line at the college level. He played with some very talented offensive linemen in high school. That's just the way that thing shakes down, right? Um, Derek Joyner is coming to us from Grandview, Missouri. He was kind of a late add to this whole thing, a three-star interior offensive lineman. I'm telling you right now, that guy watching him move could play some tackle in high school. Coach high school football for a while. I've seen it happen, right? Now, I think he's listed as interior office lineman and probably played some his junior senior year because that's what he'll do in college. But I'm excited to see that kind of athletic fluidity from the interior guys. All these guys, right? All these guys, like any high school lineman, need to spend two years in the weight room before they do anything. And I, I don't mean that to be dismissive. If one of those kids listen to this, don't think I'm not believing in you. If you're out there on the field, we're rooting for you. But generally speaking, that's the big jump. It's not that they're not technically sound enough, not that they're not tough enough, not that they don't have any want to, but especially in a post-COVID world where guys had that extra year of eligibility, you're 18, the guy across from you is 23, 24. He's been in the college weight program five, six, sometimes seven years. Like, got to have some time in the weight room to get that on your belt. So I don't know these linemen on the offensive side necessarily – make a giant impact in 2024. But it's a solid, solid group of guys to build into, work into building a you know great offensive line in 2025, 2026, and beyond, right? These kind of guys that get five or six years in college because of those red shirts, and then you see them with a bunch of different degrees next to their name afterwards. So if, again, if you're a kid listening to this that is playing on that offensive line spot, you're like, oh, this guy doesn't believe me. It's like, no, I want you to get a bunch of degrees from Houston and be really, really big and strong while you get it. Um, on the defensive side, a little bit easier to get on the field right away. Um, just because speed's more, you know, speed's hard to teach, speed's hard to coach. If you're explosive, get the ball, you can rush the passer. I mentioned when I was talking to Brian today, I'm really intrigued by guys like Demarcus Johnson, uh, four pin Marshall edge rusher, basketball player right, that only played football in your high school, he ended up getting a three-star grade, having only played one year of football. I'm excited about the kind of athleticism he brings to the pass rush game here, right? Uh, Zion Taylor. Uh, Zion Taylor, I mentioned when I talked about Mo. Um, Zion, I don't know if Zion, I think, I should say, I think Zion Taylor will add a lot to Houston on the football field. And so I don't want this to come across as if I don't think that. He's a three-star kid that has film of him beating up four- and five-star offensive linemen. He will be a tremendous football player for the Houston Cougars. But what I think is, is frankly, if he is the one that spun Mo, and then he and Mo are the one that are spinning this thing to become University of Houston for Houston, by Houston, let's keep Houston in Houston. Then ultimately, as good as I think he could be on the football field, Zion Taylor as a defensive lineman, his biggest impact on the program may be cultural. And I don't mean that to say, again, that he can't play. But man, you know, 6'2", 235, give him some time in the weight room, get him up to 250, um, 
he's again got great feet and hands. I'm excited to see what he can do. Great first step. Um, you know, pretty good punch with some time in the weight room. Be really good punch. Um, but man, oh man, if he got Mo, and then he and Mo are getting more Houston, and then more Houston gets more Houston, and the thing just spreads. How can you, how can you put anything above that, right? Um, so again, I he's going to be a great football player, but I just whenever I see his name pop up on my list and some of my notes here on defense lineman, I'm like, wait a minute, like the impact of that kid is different than just what his numbers say on the football field. Now that is not every single recruit, and frankly, Houston is not done. The later signing period is not for like another month. The end of the signing period, I should say. Um, and so you'll see a bunch of commits having a cross college football between now and then. I'm sure there'll be a couple coming Houston's way. And then the big date for Houston people to pay attention to is with Tulane, where Willie Fritz is coming from, playing their bowl game uh, later in December. The next day, we're anticipating, like, is there going to be a flood of portal guys? Will any of those talented Tulane kids want to make the jump over to Houston with Willie Fritz that are playing in their bowl game, right? We'll see. We know we got a couple. We know we got a couple. We'll see if any more join the pack. We're doing it each and every day here at Locked on Cougs. So make sure you subscribe. Hit the bell so you know we're live. We do Cougs after dark every now and then during basketball season. They have to get a live post-basketball game kind of show. But make sure you hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast and make us your number one listen of the day each and every morning. In this, this morning's case, first and second listen. Thank you all so much for listening to Locked on Cougs. For another listen, if you want second, third, fourth, whatever, I'm going to recommend Locked on Big 12, Locked on Cougs, Prime Locked on Podcast. So that means your team every day. Go Cougs.